Here we go, here we go, here we go. It's Tuesday on the Pure Opelka Podcast. Mike here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody who checked out every podcast, appreciate you being there. Thank you to the newbies who are also reaching out and saying that they're binging some of the old podcasts. I am very, very honored. Thank you. Programming note, Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, I will be in live for Chris Plant all across the country on the syndicated Chris Plant radio show, if I can speak. Chris is an old friend. We grew up in the same subdivision outside of Chicago, Illinois, and I'm fortunate enough to be one of his uh, fill-in hosts. I will be there Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. And you can listen via the uh, the mothership, WMAL. There's an app. There's a WMAL app. Or you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Either way, you should listen. Friday's going to be an epic day. Just making a prediction. And speaking of an epic day, today feels like it's going to be an epic day because one of the things I predicted months and months and months ago appears to have come true. When the Live Golf Tour, I like to call it the L-I-V, because those are the Roman numerals they use. They they play 54 holes, and that's what that works out in the Roman numerals. But everybody calls it the Live Tour because it looks like Live. The Live Tour is merging with the PGA. And when it first started, I said it reminded me of the ABA and the NBA way back in the day. And the ABA, the American Basketball League, had uh, a lot of flash. It had that funky ball. And they, they lured away some of the big talent from the NBA. And eventually the NBA said, oh, we got we to gotta get these guys into our fold. So here you go. Just about a year and a half into the live tour, it looks like, well, they, they have to merge. Or the PGA is going to lose money. That's what it all comes down to. And so I just wonder, at the end of the day, the PGA had kind of dumped Donald Trump and his courses. Is is the live tour going to say, well, we've booked a lot of tournaments on the Donald Trump courses. You have to let that happen. We shall see. We shall see. There are a couple of other topics that I want to get into today, and I am going to swim against the current on some things and tell you that I believe you're being distracted. I believe you're being hoodwinked. I believe you are being told a fantastic story in order to get your attention away from a really important story. What am I talking about? I'm talking about all of the chatter about uh, aliens and this whistleblower who's come out of hiding to say, Oh, yes, the U.S. government has alien spacecraft. I'm sorry, I ain't buying it. Anyone else find it funny that we now have gotten so close to the Biden crime family? So close to the Biden crime family that uh, you have to come up with alien spaceships? Doesn't that seem odd to anybody? It sure seems odd to me, and that's kind of what I believe is happening. And I, I don't believe there, there are alien spacecraft that we have. Maybe we mock some up to scare the Russians back in the Cold War. Maybe they mocked up some weird-looking craft to scare us. But I don't think there are any 
alien spacecrafts being hidden anywhere. Why don't I believe this? Well, common sense. They couldn't stay hidden forever. And uh, I also have the backing of one of the smartest people on the planet. Elon Musk has tweeted out to Michael Schellenberger on Twitter. I have seen zero evidence of aliens for what it's worth. Now, he's not just a smart guy. He's got a company that sends rockets up into space almost every week. So what's the dang deal? Is it? Is it real or is it a distraction? I think it's a distraction. I think the only way to explain the alien thing is to go back to the, the brilliant explanation given to us by Scientology as seen on South Park. It all began 75 million years ago. Yes. Back then, there was a galactic federation of planets, which was ruled over by the evil Lord Zenu. Okay. Zenu thought his galaxy was overpopulated, and so he rounded up countless aliens from all different planets, and then had those aliens frozen. The frozen alien bodies were loaded onto Zenu's galactic cruisers, which looked like DC-8s, except with rocket engines. The cruisers then took the frozen alien bodies to our planet, Earth, and dumped them into the volcanoes of Hawaii. The aliens were no longer frozen. They were dead. The souls of those aliens, however, lived on and all floated up towards the sky. But the evil Lord Xenu had prepared for this. Xenu didn't want their souls to return, and so he built giant soul catchers in the sky. The souls were taken to a huge soul brainwashing facility, which Xenu had also built on Earth. There, the souls were forced to watch days of brainwashing material, which tricked them into believing a false reality. Xenu then released the alien souls, which roamed the Earth aimlessly in a fog of confusion. At the dawn of man, the souls finally found bodies which they could grab onto. They attached themselves to all mankind, which still to this day causes all our fears, our confusions, and our problems. And there you have it, the explanation of aliens. Yeah, that's about how much credibility I put behind the stories that were floated yesterday. I really believe that we are getting close to exposing a large government corruption team, family, crime family, if you will. And they're going to try and distract us any way they can. So aliens, hey, we've got alien spaceships. And then you've got Robert Kennedy out there telling everyone that the CIA killed his, his father and his uncle. Uh, we'll get into that. Tomorrow, we're going to have uh, author Gerald Posner back on with us to talk about all the Kennedy stuff. He wrote one of the best books on the uh, JFK assassination ever. It's called Case Closed. You should have it. You should read it. You should know about it. It's really uh, a, a fantastic and well-researched book. So that's my number one topic. I, I think this uh, whole alien thing is just meant to take everybody's eyes off the ball. Look, we're in the middle of uh, the investigation of the Biden crime family. We have the administration trying to grab gas stoves. They're also going after cryptocurrency, which I'm not a giant fan of crypto, but why should you kill it? It is a free market thing. They also are going after the children in this country with all the wokeism. And here you are in the middle of Pride Month or the first week of Pride Month. We still have women being oppressed 
in sports by men who think they can come in, say they're women, and then compete. It's not fair. And don't get me started on the Second Amendment. As well as the First Amendment, the story out of Cincinnati of the college student who had um, a paper that was graded with a zero because she used the term biological female. Yeah, that's an offensive term. You're not allowed to use that. You're going to be you're going to be thrown out of the class, young lady. At least you're going to fail it. Speaking of the First Amendment, you guys know I am a large proponent of the First Amendment. I believe it is the most important amendment. And if we lose it, we lose America. Well, British people believe in free speech, too. And free speech is only one of the things protected by the First Amendment, by the way. But uh, British people, as I said, believe in the freedom of expression. And one of those people is a famous person named Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson is the man who played Mr. Bean. He's made millions playing Mr. Bean. Go figure. But he is a very smart man. And Rowan Atkinson has uh, put his name out in front, his face out in front, his words out in front of something in England called uh, Reform Section 5, which deals with free speech. Now, I just want to walk through this with you, a couple of clips from his presentation talking about free speech. Uh, my starting point when it comes to the consideration of any issue relating to free speech is my passionate belief that the second most precious thing in life is the right to express yourself freely. Now, I, I was stunned by this. I thought, second most important thing? Well, he goes on with a little more clarity. The most precious thing in life, I think, is food in your mouth. And the third most precious is a roof over your head. So, food and shelter, but in, in the middle of that, he says, the freedom to express yourself. All right, I'll allow it. Continue. Continue, Rowan Atkinson. But a fixture for me in the number two slot is free expression just below the need to sustain life itself. Okay. That is because I have enjoyed free expression in this country all my professional life and fully expect to continue to do so. Personally, I suspect highly unlikely to be arrested for whatever laws exist to contain free expression because of the undoubtedly privileged position that is afforded to those of a high public profile. Now, this is interesting because in England, there have been stories about people being oppressed and arrested for what we would consider normal free speech, consider the people that were standing silently outside of a, uh, they called it a women's health clinic, it's an abortion center, and uh, they were praying not saying anything, they didn't have any protest signs, and they were arrested and charged with, I guess, terroristic behavior. And their rights were completely squelched. And Rowan Atkinson, who says some, some pretty crazy things at times, has never been arrested, and he says it's because he's a celebrity, a high-profile person. So my concerns are less for myself and more for those more vulnerable because of their lower profile. I love the fact that he is unselfishly putting this out there. He doesn't care about himself. He cares about the people who don't have the power of celebrity. And he's right. He's spot on. Like the man arrested in Oxford for calling a police horse gay. So a guy was arrested 
in Oxford because he called a police horse gay. It gets weirder. Or the teenager arrested for calling the Church of Scientology a cult. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I don't know. Or the cafe owner arrested for displaying passages from the Bible on a TV screen. Imagine that, arrested for having passages from the Bible on a TV screen. It happened. All those cases happened in England. And Rowan Atkinson heard about them and had to speak up. <laughs> when I heard of some of these more ludicrous offenses and charges, I remembered that I had been here before in a fictional context. Now, this kind of harkens back to what we've been talking about with the Monty Python and the Life of Brian stuff, where 40 years ago, Monty Python predicted a whole bunch of the madness around transgender stuff. Well, I didn't know about this with Rowan Atkinson. And he said he felt like he'd been here before and explains. I once did a show called Not the Nine O'Clock News some years ago. And we did a sketch where Griff Rhys Jones played Constable Savage, a manifestly racist police officer <laughs> to whom I, as his station commander, is giving a dressing down for arresting a black man on a whole string of ridiculous trumped up and ludicrous charges so it, it's kind of weird to hear him say that the police officer in this comedy show was a ludicrous racist and then people started laughing i guess they know the character but it is meant to mock what had been going on on the streets and listen to the ludicrous charges that this bad stupid cop had slapped on a black man in England. The charges for which Constable Savage arrested Mr. Winston Kodogo of 55 Mercer Road were these. Walking on the cracks in the pavement. <laughs> Walking in a loud shirt in a built-up area during the hours of darkness. And one of my favorites, walking around all over the place. <laughs> he was also arrested for urinating in a public convenience and looking at me in a funny way. Now, a public convenience is a public bathroom. So he was arrested for ridiculous charges. And this program was mocking what is now, in Rowan Atkinson's mind, a very, very obvious strange twist where the art is now life it's come to reality <laughs> who would have thought that we would end up with a law that would allow life to imitate art so exactly i read somewhere a defender of the status quo claiming that the fact that the gay horse case was dropped after the arrested man refused to pay the uh, to pay the fine and that the scientology case was also dropped at some point during the court process was proof that the law was working well, ignoring the fact that the only reason these cases were dropped was because of the publicity that they had attracted. Now, this is similar to some of the actions we're seeing here in America, where, in, like in the case of the bodega owner in New York who was attacked and defended himself and then ultimately ended up killing his attacker and was charged with murder. A guy tried to take his life away and his business away this man fought back, was initially charged with murder or manslaughter, and the public outcry was so loud that they had to drop the charges. The same thing happening in these three cases in England.
But wait, there's more. The police sensed that ridicule was just around the corner and withdrew their actions. But what about the thousands of other cases that did not enjoy the oxygen of publicity, that weren't quite ludicrous enough to attract media attention? Even for those actions that were withdrawn, people were arrested, questioned, taken to court, and then released. You know, that isn't a law working properly. No, no, I disagree. That is what the law is doing properly because the punishment is the process. The people who want these laws to silence folks are not interested in having jails filled with people who said something offensive. What they want to do is make your life so uncomfortable that when you are charged and ultimately released, you're still going to have to endure a very painful process, expensive process in many ways. The punishment is not jail. It's the process of going through all of this. That is censoriousness of the most intimidating kind. No, I agree. Guaranteed to have, as Lord Deer says, a chilling effect on free expression and free protest. Parliament's Joint Committee on Human Rights summarized, as you may know, this whole issue very well by saying, while arresting a protester for using threatening or abusive speech may, depending on the circumstances, be a proportionate response, we do not think that language or behavior that is merely insulting should ever be criminalized in this way. I agree. We have to say language Language. I'm going back to sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, so we shouldn't criminalize words. But here we are today, not only here, but apparently in England as well. A more from Rowan Atkinson. The clear problem with the outlawing of insult is that too many things can be interpreted as such. Amen. Criticism is easily construed as insult by certain parties. Ridicule easily construed as insult. Sarcasm, unfavorable c comparison, merely stating an alternative point of view to the orthodoxy can be interpreted as insult. And in the case of the college student at University of Cincinnati I brought up earlier, she used a term that triggered the professor who was worried it might trigger and offend others. And he, he himself, judge, jury, and executioner, gave her a zero because of that. It's exactly what's going on here. Exactly what Rowan Atkinson's talking about. And because so many things can be interpreted as insult, it is hardly surprising that so many things have been, as the examples I talked about earlier show. Although the law under discussion has been on the statute book for over 25 years, it is indicative of a culture that has taken hold of the programs of successive governments that with the reasonable and well-intentioned ambition to contain obnoxious elements in society. So this law has been around for a while, but the wokesters overseas just figured out they could weaponize. That's basically what's going on here. This goes on for quite some time, but I want to get to a, uh, a statement he made as well near the end. I'm kind of scrolling through to where I think I believe it is. Uh, a little more from Rowan Atkinson as it relates to free speech and you know what a First Amendment fan I am. Let's see if I got it here. As President Obama said in an address to the United Nations only a month or so ago, laudable efforts to restrict speech 
can become a tool to silence critics or oppress minorities. Wait, am I agreeing with Barack Obama? I think so. The strongest weapon against hateful speech is not repression, it is more speech. Amen, brother. And that's the essence of my thesis, more speech. <clears throat> if we want a robust society, we need more robust dialogue, and that must include the right to insult or to offend. Amen. Brilliant. The entire nine minutes is online. I tweeted a link to it earlier. You're welcome to check it out. I really think it's a very important presentation. And Rowan Atkinson, uh, a brilliant performer who's made a great living playing nerdy roles. Good for you, sir. Good for you. We need to stop this institutionalized attack on speech. And we need to get back to being okay with being offended and being okay offending people. You don't do it to be mean, but you have a different opinion. I, I go back to a, um, a song from 12 years ago, a song from the great Hank Williams Jr. And this was pointed out by Congressman Thomas Massey today on Twitter. I, I got to play a little bit of it. Hank Williams Jr. talked about we need, we need to have a coalition to ban the coalitions. Think about it. A coalition to ban the coalitions. Doesn't that sound like a great idea? Hank Williams Jr., 12 years ago. This is the coalition to ban coalitions. I ain't a politician, but I've got views. Some folks want to ban cars. Some want to get rid of Fender guitars. Why don't you do your thing and we'll do our thing too? Amen. You can listen to the whole thing. It's it's online. It's on the YouTube. I also tweet out a link to that. The Coalition to Ban Coalitions. That is truly what we need. And thank you, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey, for pointing it out. We need to ban the people who want everything banned. And they do want a lot of things banned. Gas stoves, real meat, cryptocurrency, raw milk, pistol braces, single-sex bathrooms. It's wonderful. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A uh, couple other stories I have to get to. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden yesterday, uh, what a scary thing, had the uh, world champion Kansas City Chiefs at the White House. It's just embarrassing to have him constantly telling these stories about his prowess on the football field. What in the hell is he talking about? Seriously, what was he talking about here? Anybody? The three of you had one of the same coaches that I had, great Tubby Raymond, who was named, who was, um, anyway, he's a hell of a coach. What was he named for? Or did you forget the story? Did you think it was offensive? I, I just don't know. Tubby Raymond. Let's think, what was his name inspired by? Was he skinny? No. I played freshman football at Delaware and uh, ended up low at, I shouldn't say this, but you had to have a 2 over to keep going. I had a 299. I mean, a 199. What did you have? Did you have a 2 0 or a 199 or a 299? Again, Joe lying about his, uh, his grades. Remember back when he first campaigned for president, he made up a whole bunch of stuff about being the top of his, his law school class. He wasn't. He's always making stuff up. But wait, there's more stupid stuff here. My mother made me quit. But I went back out my uh, 
my junior year to play in my senior year. So you went back out your junior year to play your senior year. You realize that makes no damn sense. And uh, while Tubby was the assistant coach, I played defensive back. And uh, after running in drills uh, in that, that spring practice, he came over and he said, Biden, now he kind of <laughs> coughed when he talked to you like this. The funniest thing about this is to watch the faces of the people, the Kansas City Chiefs standing behind him. And they're all trying to figure out where the hell he's going. All of them. I'm going to remember this. You run faster backwards than anyone I've ever seen. Well, my political opposition thinks the same thing of me. Everybody thinks the same thing of you. You run backwards faster. China thinks you run backwards. The Taliban thinks you run backwards. That's why you had the mess that took the 13 lives of American service personnel in the disastrous departure from Afghanistan. But it's just embarrassing. It's just terrible and embarrassing. Uh, there was a, a moment that I saw on, on the news uh, yesterday with a CNN doctor, a doctor on CNN, just figure it out, who thinks Joe Biden should use a cane. It wouldn't be the worst thing for the president to use a cane. I know he may not like the optics, but a falling uh, appears much worse. It yeah, it is much worse. It's much worse for us globally. But Joe Biden's not going to use a cane, is he? I don't think so. Unless they could merchandise them for, for the campaign. Would that be campaign merch? Get yourself a Biden cane. It's a Biden hurricane or not so hurried cane. We'll see. We'll see if we get uh, some information on that. If it shows up on the um, Biden campaign website, which I haven't even visited because the guy's not really running for president, even though he's announced he's running for president. He's just kind of hiding out. Hmm. Uh, I do have to uh, dive into some of the other stuff here. Uh, last Friday's jobs report, which didn't talk about too much. I saw a really fascinating breakdown from the Mises organization. Yeah, Von Mises. You need to go to Mises.org and check it out. They said, look, all the Democrats are telling you how excited they are about 339,000 new jobs added. And then strangely enough, there were 310,000 fewer people working. So how does that happen? We had 310,000 fewer people working last month. And the unemployment rate actually went up from 3.4% to 3.7%. And the average weekly hours work have also dropped to a three-year low. And bankruptcy filings were up 23% in May. And at the same time, temp jobs are down year over year. The lack of temp jobs is a bad indicator. The increase in bankruptcies is a really bad indicator. The dropping of weekly hours worked is a bad indicator because it also means that people will not have as much money in their pockets. And on top of that, we still have inflation, which is a problem. But never mind that. The left is going to tell you that everything is just hunky-dory. Story on the cover of the New York Post today talks about a vending machine that the city of New York is putting out in four troubled areas, four areas where there's a lot of drug abuse. So what do you do? You give away 
free crack pipes and chapstick. That's exactly what they're doing. They're putting up vending machines. They shouldn't call them vending machines because nothing is being vended. You're not selling anything. When you vend, you sell. But there's no price on this. You just go up and you push the button and it drops one out for you. They also have Narcan in there, which I think should be readily available to save people who overdose. But the vending machines going in these four troubled areas, they're going to be absolutely ravaged pretty quickly. You think New Yorkers are just going to say, oh, I'll only take one free crack pipe. I'll only take one free Narcan. No. Free crack pipes, free Narcan, and free what? Free chapstick. It's insane. And I'm sure the Biden administration's looking at what New York City's doing and saying, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Why don't we do that for everybody? Why don't we have every big city with a drug problem put up vending machines to hand out free crack pipes? Remember? Remember about a year, a year and a half ago, the Biden administration was offering kits. They were giving these kits away, which had a crack and a chore boy, which is what the crack addicts use to clean out their pipes. They got caught and they had to stop it. Absolutely got caught and had to stop it. Amazing stuff. Uh, Kamala Harris is going to be in Philadelphia today, so I'm sure we'll hear some dumb things tomorrow from her. I'll share those with you. Uh, We also have uh, from my friend Joe Pack. Since we're playing a lot of audio today and music is always needed to help lighten our spirits, my friend Joe Pags, the Joe Pag Show, where I regularly sit in for Joe, sent me a a Pags parody, as he calls them. He did a little parody after Joe Biden tumbled at the Air Force Academy. I think you will recognize the tune. Mr. Sandbag, please don't be me. Biden's so clumsy, you won't be seen. He takes two steps, but he might go over. He's such a fool, he couldn't sink much lower. Sandbag, leave Joe alone. He's the worst president we've ever known. Wake us up, it's a bad dream. Tough to watch, makes us want to scream. Yes, it does. Mr. Sandbag. Thank you, Joe Pags. If you know Joe Pags, you know he does a lot of those. You should follow him on Twitter, Facebook. He's a good dude. I've known him for a dozen years now. Uh, We do have um, a growing, crowded field on the Republican side of things. John Sununu said he's not going to run. So, or Chris Sununu. John is his father. He was the former governor of New Hampshire, and now uh, Chris is the current governor of New Hampshire, but he was talked about as a possible GOP candidate for 2024. He's not going to run. He will not be running, but he is going to work against Donald Trump, which I think hurts the party. And that's the same reason Chris Christie is announcing today, because he wants to block Donald Trump, even though he's polling at zero. I don't know who you're blocking. Just kind of a weird thing in the North Dakota governor, whose name escapes me, he's going to announce, and Mike Pence announced yesterday. So the field for the GOP is getting crowded. And 
CNN thinks it's kind of like a crowded hot tub. When you talk about this crowded field, it kind of reminds me of like a, a crowded jacuzzi. Nice. Right? At a certain point. Is that how you think of it? A little bit. At a certain point, aren't there just too many people in the jacuzzi? Well, if uh, Chris Christie's in there, there are too many people in the jacuzzi. Just saying. Can't have that. Anything else on my list today? Uh, tomorrow we will have, as I said, Gerald Posner talking about the Kennedys. I'll have more on uh, what I believe is Bravo Sierra as it relates to this emphasis on suddenly we now are going to be releasing data on UFOs. What do they call them now? UAPs? No, they'll always be UFOs. And I, I'm not buying it. I think it's meant to distract, to take away, to make us all look over here because the Biden investigation's getting too close. Getting a little too close. James Comer, keep working. How about some results, though, Mr. Comer? All right, I'm stepping out. Tomorrow, we'll be back in another podcast. Dr. Roizen should be here. Gerald Posner should be here. A busy day. You have to be here as well. Michael Pelka reminding you, testudo, my friends. Testudo. <laughs> 